So we're going to talk about inflation a, a bit. Inflation, yeah. And by the way, I just turned 40 years old. I feel like my generation coming through high school, kind of trying to navigate your way through life. We got great music. We got a little bit not bamboozled. We got a... This segment's starting great. <laughs> yes. Well, it will be good. <laughs> Here's what you're trying to say, I think. Blindsided. Here's the deal. What worked for our parents generally wasn't able to work for us. And there's some reasons why. One of the reasons is largely beginning in the 90s and continuing into the early 2000s, a lot of companies started going overseas. And there simply were not the American manufacturing jobs that there had been for our parents. So the ability to just go get the local job and it'd be a pretty solid, good paying job with a good enough pension to retire on and everything else and climb the corporate ladder up through that company wasn't going to be an option anymore. So, there were less opportunities to do that. Right. There may have been some, but there were right. less. A lot of times the ones that were there got given to someone that had a connection. May and, not have been a family type connection, but someone that had a connection. Eventually other innovation came about largely in computing and tech. So that didn't really affect a lot of America, just certain parts of America. I've lived all over Houston, Austin, Las Vegas, grew up in South Carolina, specifically here where we live in South Carolina. There Detroit, is a there's a ton of manufacturing. A lot of times what will happen, you'll go and you'll work your butt off and that's it. You don't get paid hardly for it <laughs> a little bit and you just work yourself into a hole in the ground. There are exceptions and usually the bigger companies at least have some upward trajectory. So BMW, Michelin, Bosch, 3M, Boeing, places like that. But a lot of the support companies that prop those up, they make a component, they make the metal, they stamp the metal, a rubber piece, whatever it is. Those places will just work you ragged. And it's not enough to live on. Furthermore, if I can remember correctly, when BMW first came to town, they were having trouble totally staffing up and they put out ads and said 20 an hour. Years later, their starting pay was 15 or something. It was a good bit lower, even after all that time had gone by. That's just my memory. I might be wrong, but if I if I remember correctly, their starting pay actually went down Yeah. once well, they realized, hey, these rednecks will work for cheap. <laughs> this is a little bit different discussion than inflation. I mean, we're generally talking about the larger economic trends. Yes, but the reason the discussion exists is because of inflation. There's a lot of powers that be are older generation folks calling some shots with a little bit of greed. When they do that, people that aren't afforded the opportunities their well, parents had. So it's tough to get established. It's tough to buy a house. There's always exceptions. Go go work harder. Learn a skill. I'm pretty much skilled at everything. I can do your job. You know, whatever it is. That's my rant. I'm an underwater bridge welder. Yes. <laughs> I can learn to do your job. Mm-hmm. Uh, for the most part, trick horse rider on the side. <laughs> nah, I'll never be able to do that. <laughs> okay. I'll admit. Let's talk about inflation since it's kind of a hot topic these days. The way we got into this inflationary environment, if you go back to 2008, the economy crashed really due to people trying to flip houses and have two mortgages at a time and banks lending them money and them hoping really to only float that second mortgage for four or five months until they could 
renovate the house and sell it and make a profit. Problem then, gas prices got real high and then they couldn't float both mortgages. So they just let that other one fall off and that house foreclosed and then the bank didn't get all their money back on all these foreclosed houses all over the place. You used to hear radio ads for this. Let us show you how to flip houses, you know. Like there were there were people trying to get people to go out and just flip a house and it crashed. I dated a doctor whose dad had bought 13 houses and the crash occurred. Well, he wasn't willing to let them go, but he wasn't getting paid as a rental and things like he needed to. He, they weren't flipping and selling for what he needed them to sell for. And he was just going to hold on to them. But the problem with that was his expendable income may as well have been the person working the drive through at McDonald's because it stretched him so thin, he was done for, for the time being. Did he borrow money to buy those houses, yes. or did he just have that much money? He borrowed, for sure. Okay, see... I'm not saying they weren't well off, but he, yeah. he borrowed, for sure. Right, and that's that's really what people ultimately got upset about, was that banks loaned money to people to buy second, third, fourth, tenth houses. Sure, he may have had ten. <laughs> right, so... He paid for her school, you know, which was $330,000. Anyway... This was happening, and it all fell apart when people couldn't make those payments on those other houses. You get these foreclosures, and in response to that, to try to get the economy rolling again, because it did largely crash, they lowered interest rates. So at that time, you could probably get a 30-year loan for around 6.5%. So they dropped the rates. So the government traditionally does this, or the Fed, Anytime the economy is getting sluggish, they lower rates to try to encourage businesses to borrow money and build a new wing on the planet, hire more people, develop a new product or whatever. They hope people will get hired or whatever else and get the economy moving. Or just regular people will borrow money to buy cars and stuff like that, and it'll just ramp up production. Earlier, I wasn't really talking about inflation. It was that the reason it's a problem is as the cost of goods and services skyrockets, the basic entry-level, mid-level worker yeah. doesn't get a raise that com- that's commensurate. It, percentage-wise, they're not keeping pace. Sure, sure. So if we've inflated at, at 8% for the past couple of years, and it, you know raises have gone up 2% the past couple of years, then you're, a way, lot of people, you're way behind. A lot of people are getting squeezed. <clears throat> right. So that's was my point and, earlier. Yeah. It wasn't really... What is inflation? It's just that, hey, the reason you would care is because your pay is not keeping pace. If it yeah. was, that's okay. Even well, if it in, la- lagged in, behind just a little bit, but it's in, not. Inflation itself hurts the lowest classes the most. A person who is wealthy, if they have to go to the store and a bag of chips used to be two fifty, and now it's $4, that's really like, okay, they don't maybe enjoy it, but uh, whatever. It doesn't really stick in their head. But... To the person who doesn't make very much money, it's a big deal. That is the case. Definitely is the case. Yeah. And more and more people are paycheck to paycheck. There's plenty of studies out concerning $100,000 per year earners and the percentages of those who are now paycheck to paycheck. Have they made some foul choices to put them in that position? Probably, usually. Yeah. Well, Not always. You know, people that if you make more money, you tend to buy up to the level so instead of a $250,000 house you have a $350,000 house I always thought that was a terrible idea or instead of the Ford you're driving the Lexus or whatever like it's 
people to do that, but then they're in the payments for those things. And so they still got a comfortable margin until inflation happens. And then that comfortable margin to buy they food get, and groceries and power bill and all is all of a sudden a problem. They get squeezed everywhere else. So then that core set of payments they had is a problem. It's a big problem, right. The fact still remains if you're you know lower class or lower middle class, inflation is a, a terrible thing to have. So some of that data doesn't translate one place to the next. I mean, someone may make a hundred thousand because they have moved to a place where that's possible, which is also a more expensive place to live. Yeah, right. But it's still a data point. Yes. Back to the history on that. So they lowered it in 08 and here's the problem. <clears throat> I mean, that was fine to do, but from that time until stayed low. 20, the end of 20 second half of 2022, it stayed low. So you got 14 years of super low interest, which means that a lot of borrowing is going to take place, a lot of it for houses and cars and everything else, which means that a lot of dollars get into circulation. Every dollar out there is worth less when there's more of them, right? And so the price gets higher. You just sliced a pizza into little tiny slices instead of big slices. So that was already an underlying issue And then when the current administration got in and decided that we were going to reduce various ways of reduction of North American petroleum production or other fossil fuels, coal, then... Salt in the wound. Well, it it raised the price of everything. If diesel is more expensive, everything gets more expensive because trucks and trains and boats are delivering everything. (laughs) And I've noticed (laughs) a lot of times when... Okay, the manufacturer realizes their costs have gone up and they increase the cost of their product, it never comes back down. It's not even if the cost of fuel comes back down. A lot of times that end product's just gonna stay right there. Most commonly priced high. Yeah. And yeah. It almost makes sense for them to leave it honestly for some reasons to me, but they do need to pay the worker more when it all happens to make them a record profit. So, and there have been a lot of record profits. Yeah. When that when it, everything connects just right, share a little bit. So you get this reduced oil production. You're still using as much of it. Stuff's still getting delivered. So that oil has to come from somewhere. And if you're bringing it from overseas, then you're going to have to pay more for it. And so it's going to get more expensive. I mean, that's just logic. I can uh, also put my money where my mouth is on paying someone fairly. If I have an auto tech that comes and does a really tough job, sometimes I pay them more than the shop makes. It all depends what it is, but I have no problem doing that. If they give their time, give their effort, and do a good job. How much do your best guest speakers get paid? Nothing. (laughs) (laughs) Free Mountain Dews. I pay fairly. (laughs) Yeah. Use Uh, of my cable TV when sports are on. Okay, that's fair. You know, I've heard some cable companies will charge people five thousand dollars to run a cable to their to house. To run a cable to their house, just for access to right. service, so that you can then pay them a high price every month. <laughs> now, suppose you were someone who could run that cable yourself, as you probably ran your water line, <laughs> for trenched. example. Yes, for example. Then yes. you're probably good to go, right? You would think, but they won't allow that. Yeah, even if no. you even if you can trench your whole water line. Deep enough, of course, it hasn't frozen over ever, but the cable line, no can do. Could you put a storage shed by the road 
trench and run the cable like to the storage shed and say, I need cable service and I need it to this shed. It's like right there, a hundred <laughs> feet from the road. Would they hook you up then? Probably. You know, I've got that water hook up out there for my um, fruit trees. You might as well parlay could, that into an I, Airbnb. I could build a little shed around it, then just run the internet to that. And then somehow I could, you know, enjoy it there at that location. Oh yeah, right there. You would never <laughs> run it up to your house from there. <laughs> right. That might be for some reason frowned on, even though it's the same address, same owner. Yeah, you wouldn't. No, you I would mean, go that, watch it in the shed. Right. While I'm watering the peach trees. Yep. Yeah. So then a couple of other things also happened. One, we shut down the world for a illness that was kind of like the cold. Yeah. Well, <laughs> without getting too political on it, the damage that, that was done by shutting down was greater than the I could, risk I that could was go on a gigantic rant about that because I said that from the beginning of the whole thing. And let me just, let me rant for just a minute. Governors and the CDC or whoever, any elected official, I should say, so governors, president, whatever, I only ever saw medical people up there giving advice. And I think that's ridiculous. You ought to have economists or historians or some other business people or something to give you some perspective. And the only perspective you got were from the CDC or that type. And there are other problems that can happen besides just getting sick that can be worse for everyone if they happen. And those needed to be thought about and weighed in our response. And they weren't. Yes, and the opinions of the doctors had to be of a certain opinion as well. Well, as it turned out. Yeah, yeah the I media mean, was only going to put one yeah, opinion out, period. That could be a whole other talk uh, about, you know, things that that were wrong about the pandemic. But going back to inflation, this was one. And I was like, if they shut down the economy and you get way less production, you will get inflation because it's hard to then get materials. There's way fewer of them out there. They all get more expensive. So you've got increased fuel prices. You've got too much cash in the economy. You've got a reduced supply. And then they're like, why do we have inflation? Well, I don't know, Sherlock. Why we do begged we have for inflation? it. We signed <laughs> right, up for it. Right, right. It was obvious it was going to happen. Set the stage. Yes. So here we are, and inflation climbed up to what they say is, you know, over 8%. It could, you know, obviously some things are worse than that. It, I never have a good feeling about the way they calculate those things. Yeah. Sometimes but, it's worse. Right. But what, what, we, what, what we, did the power company go up this year? I, I know, know the what, last increase I saw, they sent out a letter and said, we're going up 16%. Well, take it. Yeah. <laughs> it's not take it or leave it because they don't have competition in this area. So it's take it. Take it. Well, you yeah. could burn candles and stuff. <laughs> So anyway, so we get this inflation, and so now here we are. And so to combat inflation, the only thing that you can really do is try to raise those interest rates. That was way overdue. And so the Fed and Jerome Powell has said, we are going to continue to raise rates until inflation slows down or gets back around 2%. It's one way to fight it. Yeah, it's the traditional way, and it certainly should have been done. And so... They have incrementally been raising rates, and I think they will continue to do so. You know, right now, it costs around 7% to borrow money for a mortgage, which historically is a very common number, but it's just been so long that anyone who's, say, 35 or younger is like, what is this? 
but it's pretty normal really yeah but that person is i'm telling you in the squeeze based on the amount of work they can put out without just absolutely running themselves into the ground versus the amount of money they need to to build a foundation that you know makes sense it's it's tough yeah that's all i can oh, say yeah. well it's a one one the, earner the houses like we had to raise the, the the borrowing rate because so many young people if you were a 27 28 year old trying to buy a house with interest being so low people were just coming in and putting offers on houses and oh i'll offer 10 20 30 thousand above offering because it didn't change their monthly payment that much because they could borrow money for 2.75 percent or some people had money lots of investors bought up a lot of properties which was a big gripe of the younger crowd trying to buy and now let's not forget about the older generation or a retired person who may be on a fixed income inflation hurts them as well right right Although Social Security had like an 8% raise this past year, which is another problem because it's already slated to not run out, but to reduce to 80% of its payout. Oh, by the way, COVID also hastened the demise of Social Security because a lot of people went ahead and took early retirement and uh, started drawing sooner than they had originally planned when their company quit letting them work at the site or whatever the case may be. Mm Mm-hmm. It just accelerated the demise of full Social Security. I haven't studied up on that enough. I know that it's been borrowed against too many times and should have never been. Right. It was supposed to be its own separate thing. But I think in the 70s, the government first uh, took money out of it. And of course, if you take money out of any financial product, you almost always ruin it if you don't run it to... If you don't keep with, up with the original calculations, because you always never pay it back sufficiently and make up for the years of lost interest along the way. What was I going to say? Well, I'll go to something else. The increase in rates now is not completely bad because there are some segments that sorely needed more interest. CDs and annuities, for example, that are going to credit you money to save have been so low for so long, and now you can get much better returns. Even life insurance has gotten cheaper in a lot of places because companies will invest money in fixed interest. They'll invest your premiums instead of just sitting on the money and they want to earn interest on it. The more they can earn, the cheaper your premium can be. So it's not all bad. I mean, we, we needed to get back to a reasonable interest rate environment, but it's going to get higher. We're going to have to move to probably a 10 to 11% interest rate before we finally get inflation under control, I think. But that's, you know, that's just my personal opinion. That's really what I've got to say about inflation. But I will say this on housing. I do feel that millennials and younger have a legitimate gripe. Uh, You know, some things they complain about because they just want to change the world without actually having to work. And that's, you know, lousy. But something that they legitimately have a problem with is they can't get into a house. And it's because they've got school loans that they're still making payments on. And the cost of houses is so high that no one will loan them money for a house. So instead of having a $1,000 a month house payment, they're paying $1,000 a month in rent, not having anything to show for it. And that's bad for our whole economy going down the line. So that means that they'll be later buying a house. They'll be later being able to save for retirement. They won't be able to help their kids with school, et cetera, et cetera. It's going to, it, that is a problem. And a lot of people get into a house by the absolute skin of their teeth. Right. So there's an idea out there, well, you could just not go to Starbucks 
Well, that's one thing, but it's not going to solve it. It, yeah, oh, the payment's it, still really big. Okay, well, okay. The, let's say that you get five dollar drinks at Starbucks five days a week. That's still twenty five dollars a week. Okay, so that's about a hundred dollars a month. That's not the difference between you being able to get a house or not. No, and <laughs> we become numb to bills like that because some of the ones we get in the mail are so big. A big problem with inflation or a strain on people's finances, particularly, is health care, which needs to be its own podcast segment next time (laughs) (laughs) yes it needs to be its own podcast segment but it has been run away with the pricing there i'm not even sure 100 percent who all's pockets are getting lined but the one but the people who's who are getting rich from that don't want it to change so if someone has a fix for health care good luck because you'd have to shake some people out of their positions that don't want shaken out of their position yeah if you were to campaign politically with a I'm going to reform healthcare, really not increase access to insurance. I mean, actually reform the cost of healthcare. There would be so much money thrown against you. You'd have all the ads in the world of little old ladies like, he doesn't want me to have my healthcare. You know, I mean, (laughs) you, you just, I mean, they would just try to smear you every which way and they'd have the money to run the campaigns to do it. I mean, you would have to know that and not care about your reputation publicly ever again because they would try would, everything to ruin it. And people would eat those ads up. Right. It's been proven. They right. take what the media shows them and they go with it. And <laughs> right. Your name's mud. <laughs> I know. You'd be racist. You'd be homophobic. You'd you, would, be, you would hate old people for sure. You would hate the environment. I mean, you know, that would be their number one tactic. I need this medication and he doesn't want me to be able to get it anymore. <laughs> you would have done a bunch of dirty dealing in the past. Yeah, that that would be the basis of it, though. You're right. It would be he wants to actually strip you of your health care. Yeah, that's what they would say. Right, right. (laughs) Yeah. Yes, great. You have coverage. Your deductible seven thousand five hundred dollars. It used it used to be one thousand. Right, right. Furthermore, you're covered. Furthermore, (laughs) a thirty minute (laughs) surgery. Here's the bill: forty five thousand dollars. Right. Yeah. you have an outpatient surgery. Okay, it might take a few hours that morning, you know, so maybe you spend four or five hours there. Here's the cost, 80 grand. Hey, I know that you only make $60,000 in a year, but this one, four hours of your, your year, $80,000. Yeah. <laughs> like, what in the world? <laughs> and systems run it differently. I've gotten ablations for my back pretty frequently, and that's been crazy, the discrepancy in pricing. The cheapest I've gotten, which was probably the most thorough, is a guy that says, well, I don't want to bend him over. We're going to charge $500. And then I've paid $2,000 for less work. How do they get get to your back if they don't bend you over? Well, most of the time I haven't been sedated, so luckily I know what's (laughs) going on. But the bigger health systems, locally, the county hospital, well, they charge 15000 for it. And it's fourteen eight or something like that. And they will only do the slightest bit per procedure. Hey, Three I'm, levels unilaterally is their absolute max. Hey, I know that you could buy a pretty nice used car for this, but hey, just for a few hours a day, pay that price. Well, yeah. Why are they? <laughs> like, it right. takes 10 minutes. I'm right, telling you. Right. I don't even get anesthesia, so they... Roll me in. They get the leads out. They put them in your back. Check the x-ray to make sure it's where they want them to be. They turn them on, and it burns some nerves. 
And the doctors that do that procedure, they do a lot of those. So they get pretty, I'm going to say proficient with it. And it just doesn't take that long. Yeah, there's a little pre-op area that you talk to some people and some things that go on. But the actual procedure is super quick. And and even if you do have insurance and they're like, well, look, you're only paying a thousand of this. Well, we're collectively paying the other amount. Okay. (laughs) Right. So we're all paying it. And I've been charged 500. I've been charged 1600. I've specifically i said 2000 but it was 2100 um that was bilateral three levels and then unilateral three levels fourteen thousand eight hundred dollars give me a break and if you were to call their billing they would say oh that's understandable that's that's what that cost <laughs> like yeah. it's the law yeah. the look the workers have been trained to be such robots and they are yeah. they don't in their mind think what if it is a eighty thousand dollar bill to them, they think, eh, it's 80. You got your surgery. Have we started talking what? about health care? No. Okay. <laughs> I have some super specific examples from having worked in health care that would potentially blow some people's minds. Issues with insurance and how that could ultimately cause you to pay more versus not having insurance or versus having another plan. The max allowable, a.k.a. fee schedule, AKA what we're going to charge you for something. Oh, AKA contracted rate. And sometimes that's pushed to the patient as, well, this is your contracted rate. This is a good thing. It's 10 times more than the next place's contracted rate, but it's a contracted rate. So you're good to go. Ching. No. Robert, we set the contract and then we went and had played around a golf and had a steak dinner and we did good things for the people. Precisely. Something <laughs> like that happened. <laughs> It may have been more than one round of golf, but a cam walker boot for under one insurance, the max that they will allow is $143. Cam walker? Yes. And the next insurance... Didn't he play for the Panthers? $800. So, you know, if you got the $800 insurance, well, doctor sends it on through for that, you get a bill for it, especially with the high deductibles that are out there today. But the product should never cost that much more for the same exact thing from the same exact doctor. So there's all these things out there that say there's a, there's a push for places to advertise their prices or you know reveal or show their pricing. Yeah, well, the price isn't the same one person to the next. They kind of say, oh, yes, it is. Yes, it is. This, and they give the big, big number, but they know they're usually not collecting that. But when they can, it's just greed. Whoop swipe we love it we're going to take our 800 instead of our 140 but you know it's two different prices for two different people at the same day within the same 30 minute time span would i go and pay 80 dollars for a wendy's cheeseburger when i can get a wendy's cheeseburger for the normal price no it's the same product is what i'm saying it's you know a, a bottle of water same brand one person comes through, it's one price. The next person comes through, it's an exorbitant Here's my re- seven times more price. Here's my review. Deer Park Water, one out of ten, barely drinkable. <laughs> Nestle's bad, too. It's got some bad Park. taste. I hate it. It leaves me more thirsty than when I started. <laughs> it's ridiculous. Yeah. I, I wonder know. if that's I, different. I don't know how they accomplish that. It's awful. I hate it. I hate it. I normally just don't rant on products like that, but that's the one I just can't take. And, 
And Dasani's pretty good. It's expensive. I like Dasani. Yeah, yeah and Dasani's Aquafina. Smart Water. Smart Water's got Smart. something going on. It's good. Fiji, Fiji Water. Any of that. It's all good. Man, Deer Park, though. <laughs> Deer Park. Golly. Nestle's pretty bad, too, though, in my experience. Deer Park, I'm going to say one out of ten, and you're getting one just because you could wash your hands with it. 